Welcome to the Campus Fellowship Podcast. This is a podcast interview where we seek to highlight for you a resource on our website that we think will be a blessing to your life. My name is Jacob Bennett, and I serve as the Executive Director of Campus Fellowship, which exists to equip local churches in a common mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ on college campuses who worship God and change the world. And also with us today is Dylan Gadbury from Walnut Creek uh, Church in Des Moines, Iowa. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks again. And um, I might also say welcome to myself, uh, because on this episode, we're doing something a little different, um, because this episode is about an article that I wrote about discipleship. Um, So on this episode, Dylan is going to be asking the questions and interviewing me. And as always, Melody, who has not read the article, um, she's going to help keep us grounded and make sure that we're not getting confusing or unclear. So with that, I'm just going to hand it over to you, Dylan. Great. Yeah, this is gonna be a fun time. I've never done anything like this before. So, and then for Jacob, the turn ta- the the turntables have turned. So it's been fun. <laughs> My, how the turned of tables. <laughs> yeah. Well, as usual, uh, I'd like to start with uh, with an opener question. So, um, Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into college ministry specifically? And wow, I don't know if my memory goes back that far. <laughs> um, no, uh, just kidding. So. I was at Drake University, um, and college ministry really changed my life. Um, I was a Christian already uh, when I was in college. I knew uh, going to Drake was a gift from the Lord. Um, There was just uh, some scholarship opportunities that I had that made it very clear there was a purpose for me being in Des Moines, Iowa. And so I spent some of my college career trying to figure out why am I in Iowa of all places. I'm from Minnesota, so Iowa is uh, not looked favorably upon by us Minnesotans. Um, I know now that I live here. Um, But yeah, so uh, getting involved in the campus ministry, though, like is where I learned how to share the gospel. It's where I um, developed a consistent quiet time with the Lord. Um, It's where I experienced freedom from uh, even sexual sin. And there's a lot of ways God worked in my life when I was in college. Um, when I was a senior, I started reaching out to another college campus in Iowa uh, called the Area Institute of Business. Just I started leading a Bible study there, um, and it was it was really through that experience that I began to see that what God was doing at Drake, He wanted to do in other places. Um, so I went on staff to do college ministry. I, I, you know, I prayed through the decision, of course. Like I talked with our campus director at the time, um, but I became really convinced that what God was doing at Drake, which, you know, we were seeing a lot of people come to know the Lord, um, that what He was doing there, you know, we wanted to see, and I thought, you know, God would want to do on other college campuses. So I went into campus ministry with the idea that. Uh, I wanted to start up new campus ministries, and that was really exciting to me. Sweet. And uh, how long have you been in the college ministry realm now? Oh, wow. Since 2006. So what is that? 16? 16 years? Wow. Thereabouts? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and, and Jake's a big part of um, helping other college or churches also start campus ministries. So that uh, seems like that has continued on that desire so that's cool. yeah it, it is a joy i i love i i know i'm not boots on the ground i don't talk with freshmen like i don't i'm not on campus sharing the gospel like i used to but it brings great joy to my heart to know that um there are there are people who are doing that and god's using uh using us to to help see that happen so 
All right, sweet. Well, let's dig into the article a little bit. Uh, first thing I wanted to ask, you mentioned in the opening lines of the article, article about just sort of the, you called it the renaissance of discipleship, just that there's a lot more books that use this term, a lot, lot more books about it, and how you think that might be a response to the evangelistic meetings of the early 1900s. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what, what, what sort of the context behind that and why you think that might be the case. Yeah, yeah. I, um, in looking at this term discipleship, the, the word disciple has been around like a long, 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 long time. I think Jesus talked about disciples, um, mm-hmm. but maybe in a different language, <laughs> you know, Perhaps obviously. Yeah. But um, so discipleship, though, in our English terminology, I don't think it actually became a thing until Diedrich Bonhoeffer. That's around World War II era. Mm-hmm. And Really, if you if you look at the course of the you know, last few hundred years, in the 1900s, there were large evangelistic um, uh, outreaches and ministries, revivals. Um, and, you know, we usually when we think about that, we, we think of like weird things, you know, like people rolling around maybe in the aisles or, you know, we think of like uh, just, just weird Christian revival things. But, but these were... Um, just very commonplace revivals. Um, D.L. Moody, he would go all over the country and he would seek to just share the gospel with as many people as he could. Um, and I think back in that era, that was a very common thing for people to do. Mm, you get um, Billy Graham out of that as well. Yeah, and sure. then from there you get Billy Graham. And what Billy Graham realized is that, you know, maybe we're seeing people come to know Christ but we need to see people following up with them. So, so he recruited people like Dawson Trotman um, to do follow-up. And that's, you know, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, Dawson Trotman. You start to see this discipleship movement begin to happen. And even the word discipleship, you just see it gets catapulted in like Christian usage since then. Um, and th- even the term evangelistic meeting has gone down. So I really think it's, it's kind of a response to that, where evangelistic meetings was one person sharing the gospel with a lot of people, and discipleship now is about, well, we think that that's all well and good. You know, we have social media like what we're doing now where we can share Christ, and really the entire world could tune in and listen. Um, but we think that also people need to be involved in the evangelistic mission themselves. And so that's, I think, where a lot of uh, this discipleship terminology has come from. So we want, we know people need to do it. The average Joe needs to share the gospel with people. Yeah. Ah, well, sweet. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, I hear a lot about revivalism and um, there were, yeah, a lot of good things about it. And I think there were some ne- negative consequences as well that probably that this was trying to address. So, yeah, probably, it probably depended on the circles you were running in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Uh, what do you What do you think about? Um, you know, you talked about Jesus using the word disciple. Maybe not the word discipleship, but he'd certainly talked about. Um, 
you know, he called his disciples. He, in the Great Commission, says, go make disciples of all nations or go disciple the nations. Um, what, how do you, uh, can you what, what do you think about what Jesus meant when he used that word? And how can that help us to uh, un- understand um, better how, to, how we should think about discipleship? Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to be really clear here is that um, I think that sometimes when we talk about disciples and discipleship, we think about Christians becoming more like Christ. And that certainly is discipleship. Um, but I wonder sometimes if the word disciple is a little less clear than that, if the category isn't quite that clear. Um, you know, if, if you look at what does the word disciple mean in uh, Jesus' day, well, it meant learner, you know. And when Jesus calls his first disciples, you know, out of the boat, um, you know, he calls them to come follow him and they leave their nets and they, they follow him. And uh, I don't know, as you read through the Gospels, you kind of wonder like, wait, when did those guys get saved? Mm. Were they saved the moment they left their nets and followed him? You know, I don't know. It, it seems like there's a lot of doubting along the way. Um, it seems like they, they might not have been right with God at that moment. They knew there was something special about Jesus, but they decided, you know what? I need to learn from this guy about who God is. Um, and so I think if, if you want to just be very broad with the word discipleship, a disciple is a learner. Um, they want to learn about God more specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when, when you say like, when, or when we say like, oh, I disciple this guy or he or she is discipling this guy, like, well, you know, um, yeah, we're not pointing to, pointing them to ourselves or, or to whoever we're pointing them at something else, right? Is that good understanding? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a really important, um, like, uh, hair to split to some degree where Paul, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. And I think as Christians, it's like, you know, we don't want to get big heads about ourselves, um, you know, with people in our lives. And we need to understand that, like, there is a good sense in which someone, as I'm living my life, I should be calling them to, like, hey, imitate what I'm doing, but only in as much as what I'm doing is about following Jesus. You know, some, when Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, you know, he, he wants his discipleship of these churches, these people that he knows, to be about, okay, well, I want you to become more like Christ. Mm. And in a lot of ways, like that, it comes down to a motive. Like, you know, discipleship, I have found it tests your motive in like crazy ways. I remember when I first started doing college ministry, it was like a couple years in and God just convicted my heart of like self-righteous attitudes. You know, that here I am reaching out to these freshmen, these sophomores at this college, and they're like, you know, not doing very well spiritually at some point. Some points they are. Sometimes they're reading the Bible. Sometimes they're not. And I'm just becoming so judgmental. Um, and I just found that like in my own life, trying to pour out my life in other people, God has used that to expose like me 
um, I don't know if that's hitting on like exactly what your question I was talking about, but but I was just thinking about it as I was talking, like, yeah, like we need to point people to Christ, and there are always going to be flaws inside of us. Yeah, no, I think that's a good distinction to make. Um, I think that makes sense. Yeah, that that yeah, Paul does ask them to follow him as they follow Christ. Uh, yeah, because I guess one thing when I think about the word is, you know, in, in Jesus' day, a disciple was so they would follow the person around wherever they went. And that's what Jesus' disciples did. You know, obviously we can't follow Jesus around all the time, but there are people around us that we can look at all the time. So I think that's a helpful distinction to make, um, that they are following us, but really, you know, in as much as we follow Christ. That's good. And I think it's important to remember too, like, so Mark Dever says says this in his book about discipleship, that everyone's a disciple, um, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Like, we are made to become followers, and either we are followers of Christ or we can become followers of the devil. And our culture wants to disciple people as well. Um, so I think this term of like discipleship, it's, it is very broad. And, and everyone is to some degree is a disciple of someone somewhere. Um, and that, that kind of flies in the face of our um, uh, I, me culture of like, I just follow my own heart and my own self and what I want. It's like, well, maybe, but you know, really, like you're doing what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'll ask one last question here before yeah. we sign off. Um, one one really interesting point I thought you made in the article. I think most people sort of understand, you know, in terms of going to make disciples. How when I go and I try to teach people about what Jesus said and what he did, um, obviously, you know, that's going to impact them. But I thought uh, a point that I missed out on and maybe a lot of people did too, was how that act also impacts yourself and God uses that on you. So um, I was just wondering if you could expand on that idea a little bit and how that, how that process changes even our own selves as we do it. Yeah, yeah. I used to remember, um, yeah, so like I said before, you know, a couple years into ministry, um, God used just trying to disciple some guys to expose uh, self-righteous attitudes in my own heart. Um that I needed to confess and, and repent of um, because they were uh, becoming obstacles to actually loving people. Um, and I can even, you know, tell you like this, uh, this week, um, I was uh, meeting up with, with a friend and we were um, that, you know, at, at some point there becomes a, this point where it's like, okay, I'm discipling you, but we're pretty close in age. We're kind of like a Barnabas and a Paul relationship. Like we're just trying to do life together. Um, the discipleship isn't always a top down uh, type experience. And so as I'm talking with him though, like I was like, okay, let's, you know, here's something that I think uh, you should probably remember. And to me, it was exactly what I needed to tell myself um, with a particular situation with someone in my life. And I think God was just uh, using that experience to be like, you know what, like as you're processing and trying to minister to this person, there's someone else in my own life that I need to be just applying the same things in my own life. And I told him that, like, you know, it's so funny that you're bringing this up. Um, And I, there's probably been tons of, I know there's been tons of experiences like that for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think the more I thought about it too, I was like, yeah, I I, I can see how God has used either just the process to grow in patience or yeah even recently too I've had times where I'm sitting down with 
someone a younger person and yeah they're able to say something right back at me that I needed to hear too so yeah and I think it's always important to tell them like I got something I'm dealing with and as I tell you this I gotta I gotta do this too you know mm-hmm. yeah that's good well I think that's all we got time for all the questions I have sweet well thank you Dylan for filling in for me um is my role as an interviewer. Um, and listeners, if you found this conversation stimulating for your faith, please check out the whole article online. The link is in the show notes.